Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show Radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. Oh, Lorena McKenna, my muse, sings us in. I love that music. Um, it just speaks to this ancient part of my heart. Yeah. Speaking of ancientness, I'm here with my friend Benny Mathers. Wait. <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to take that one. <laughs> I mean, are you calling me old? Uh, are you no. like, am I the spiritual ancient of awareness? I mean, no, I, I, please enlighten deep, me. <laughs> it's our many lifetimes together. I always get this idea, you know, back okay. in ancient Egypt, you know, okay. you were probably like, okay, she's up there talking. I got to make her look good. <laughs> All right. I'll give you that one. That was well done. Well played. I'll even give you. There you go. Okay. Good save. Woo-hoo! Nice save. Nice save. Kind of worried there for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always like to give credit to you, Benny, because you are the. <laughs> Thanks for laughing. I'm the ancient <laughs> one. <laughs> the wise sage. Oh, wise one, right? The wise one. I'm older than you, by the way, for everybody listening, in case you wondered. And uh, you know, that's not, the way it is. Not by much. Okay. Not by. <laughs> not by much. <laughs> I think I need applause for that one. <laughs> you got it. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Stand up, take a bow. Take a bow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> My face hurts already. It's only eight o'clock. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna go get some some of that esthetician stuff done later. <laughs> anyway, for everyone listening, um, I do hope that we bring a smile to your heart and your face, and this didn't make you turn to some other channel. <laughs> We have a, a really, really great show today, and and uh, I'm just going to put a little teaser out there and then go into my announcements, but um, if you've been dealing with addiction or people that have addiction, and and we'll talk more about that when I get Pamela Brinker on my show here in a minute, uh, please stick around because this is a very, very timely show, and, and I'm thrilled to, thrilled to have her. So... Um, I am the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area for I don't know how many years. (laughs) Benny's been around for all of it. No. Of course I have. Sorry, Benny. I have. I have. I can't behave myself now. That's fact. That's fact. I know. That's the truth. This coming Saturday, December 17th, is my monthly meeting with women called Temple of the Divine Feminine. And oh boy, it is power packed this month with all kinds of stuff. You know, Mount Aloha blue and the divine feminine is, you know, flowing through the earth and, and you know, um, the, the feminine energy is not just in women, it's also in men, but we really want to take a look at what's going on, especially as we're headed toward the winter solstice. And I am doing a winter solstice crystal sound bath at a beautiful location in Carnation on um, Washington, Carnation, Washington. It's a location, Right. And on uh, Wednesday evening, December 21st at 7 p.m., you can, uh, the sound bath is being hosted by McKenna Wallen, and you can get tickets through Eventbrite. I do have the link posted on my Facebook page. So if you want to sign up for that, please do so. And then December 29th, a Thursday night at 7 p.m. at Reiki Oasis, I'm having my New Year uh, prayer bundle, end of the year despacho. This is a very powerful. Uh, Peruvian shaman uh, uh, ceremony that I do every year to help brush the old out and invite the new in with purposeful intention. And I have to tell you, um, I looked this morning, I only have four seats left. So if you're going to come, you've got to get on there and sign up now at schedule.reikioasis.com because that's it. When it's full, that's it. The sound bath is almost full too. So I want to talk very briefly about astrology because it segues us into my guest. It always does. We just entered the 1212 portal. It's a very high frequency angel number that represents wholeness and graduation. And when you see 1212, it signifies you're completing a lesson and you're ready to make it to the next chapter, which will be more aligned with your soul journey and will take you to higher states of being. And this 1212 gateway of ascension is aligning us with the galactic center, the great central sun, into the 1221 December 
solstice. So these great big, huge lineups in the sky have been going on again and again. And this is a powerful one. This portal carries the energy of self-mastery. Yeah. Ooh. Ah, don't say that, Loretta. And connection to the 12th chakra, which is the stellar gateway, which is located about 12 inches above your head. And it is the gateway to the stars or the higher frequencies. Um, each of our chakras is really a, a realm, is what I want to say. Like, I, I can do like a five-day workshop on the chakras alone. But... Um, this helps us connect to our higher self. We all need to be connected to our, our own guidance as we move forward. It's very important that we learn how to do this, develop our intuition and the gifts that we're all wired to do. Everybody is intuitive. Uh, some of you just have not learned how to use that skill, right? So this connection helps bring completion of old timelines and the beginnings of new cycles of infinite potential because we are the co-creators of what's coming. So it is a time to let go of old fears, old beliefs and behaviors. And maybe it's time for conscious bravery, just saying, Pamela. And in preparation to enter the fresh path and new beginnings, um, from December 18th through the 20th, this is important, the sun crosses the galactic center. And as the sun crosses the, the galactic center, galactic energy, there's that portal is open and the energy is beamed to earth and straight into our cores and it's activating our hearts, helping us feel connected to those greater dimensions of ourself, our star origins or our destinies or what is it that we really came to do, right? It's time. I know many of you have said to me, Loretta, I'm feeling this tugging and I don't know what it is. And I go, it's okay. Just let it unfold, right? On December 20th, on Tuesday, Jupiter enters Aries. Jupiter, Aries, fire, where it will remain for most of 2023. Jupiter, Jupiter flavors the next 12 months. And while it is in Aries, be prepared to move forward. Just like that eruption and flowing of Mauna Loa and Pele, right? Nothing can stop you now. No one stops the lava. It goes where it will. <laughs> and on December 21st, of course, the winter solstice, a magical time of the year when we honor the light and the dark within. It is the shortest day of the year here in the Northern Hemisphere. Energy is flowing in an internal direction and we're guided to go within and reflect on our inner selves because the solstice is also considered the time to celebrate the birth of the light of the sun, the S-U-N sun. And of course, right after that, many celebrate the birth of the sun on Christmas. And uh, so it's, it's always about the hope of a new day, of spring coming. Also on December 21st, the sun moves from fiery Sagittarius to earthy Capricorn, represented by the sea goat, a goat with a mermaid's tail, which has the ability to climb the tallest mountains and descend to the bottom of the sea. Climbing with only two legs and swimming with only a tail is difficult, but the sea goat persists and the more opportunities and the greater vantage points it gains as it continues on its journey. So the seacoat just simply reminds us that no matter our circumstances, there is a way forward. And by persevering and believing in ourselves and having conscious bravery, yes, I did it, Pamela, we can make it happen. So use this Capricorn energy to believe in yourself, especially when it comes to your goals. <laughs> Goats and goals. I think those go together. Anyway, um, that was a lot. And you can always go back and listen to this again and write it all down. But this is a time of hope. It's a time of birth. It's a time of newness. And so let's bring my guest on. My guest today is Pamela Brinker, a licensed psychotherapist for, I don't know, 20, 30 years. I don't know. You'll tell us. Who marries her life experience with her life's work. She is a mother of two sons with addiction and mental health issues. And she has come out of the trenches thriving and sharing her wisdom, which is amazing. In her new book, Conscious Bravery, Caring for Someone with Addiction, 
Pamela shares a wealth of information on what it is to be brave, to make conscious choices, and about the emotional effects addiction has on all of us. Welcome to the show, Pamela. I'm actually thrilled to have you here. Here's your beautiful book. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's an honor and a delight to be here. Um, we have so much to talk about. I, I'm not even quite sure where to begin. Um, let I, I would like to start with something that you mentioned before the show, because I'd actually written in, in my notes also. You know, the last few years in particular, we've been going through an awful lot with the, the COVID things and people have been isolated and separated. A lot of people talk about disease, but very few people have been talking about all of the people who have died due to um, addictions, right? So talk a little bit about the timeliness of our talk and then please go into your story. Yeah. It is such a challenging time because in addition to the pandemic and all the global changes and all the extreme things we've been facing over the last three years, we all love someone or care about someone who struggles with substance use issues, right, Loretta? And yeah. we all care about someone who struggles with mental health. If it isn't ourselves in both of those categories, it's it, it may be ourselves as well in addition to being someone that we care about. And so my approach, as you mentioned, uh, we, we need to let go of our old fears and behaviors and come up with hope and a new approach to face change in the unknown. But how do we do that? I believe we do it with tools and practices that are simple that help us build our conscious bravery. And I've had to do that myself. And so that's why I'm passionate about sharing the messages that I have about how we do this. I'm also thinking when you're talking that this time of year, the holidays um, are really a difficult time for a lot of people. And it can uh, exacerbate um, addictions. And uh, I would like to um, have you tell us what is an addiction? Sure. And, and I'm glad you're speaking to that because the holidays, you mentioned the solstice, Christmas, the new year, they're traditionally celebrated with substances. <laughs> most, most everyone offers wine or some sort of Prosecco or champagne or weed even is more common these days to as part of our celebrations. And so in addition to the seasons are this season already being a triggering time for a lot of us because not everyone loves the holidays right it's it can be such a challenge to get together with old family members or former friends you know and see people and there are a lot of things that ignite our emotional states and so we want to be able to look at that with compassion so yeah what is an addiction an addiction is really in my view on a continuum of what happens to many people. And we don't, we still don't know the cause, uh, the, the absolute causes of addiction. I was just talking with a friend and colleague, Kevin McCauley, who does the didactic piece for 11 of the Meadows centers in Arizona, a highly respected colleague. And at any rate, he, he and I, and a lot of people who've researched addiction know that it's a brain disease. It's a brain disorder. But what makes someone like, like you or me addicted to a substance versus someone else who may only be dependent on the continuum or even just using a little bit? We don't exactly know, but, but addiction truly is when there's a compulsive craving, a need, and the brain has rewired to absolutely need and depend upon that substance. And we want to have tremendous compassion for anyone who has an addiction or a substance use disorder, as it's called in my profession, because addiction tends to have kind of a negative connotation. Yeah. So that's why the people who came up with the newest DSM or the Diagnostic and Statistics Manual have categorized it as substance use disorder. Yeah. So but at any rate, any no one wants yeah. that. Who said, I'd like a substance use disorder. I'd like an addiction. I'd like a mental health issue. I'd like a mental illness, as we call it sometimes as well. No one wants that. And so we really want to have compassion for anyone on the continuum who is dependent or needs or craves 
or absolutely has to have a substance in order to manage their pain. So would you please share us your story? Because your book is full of your story. And it's, uh, I, I just want to say this. Um, thank you mm. for having the courage to share your story. And, and I think it's very pertinent. I think we need to get into it. Mm, sure. Glad yeah. to share. And my story, the reason why I wrote Conscious Bravery is because like you, like many of us, we care about someone, a brother, an uncle, we have children, our parent was addicted to a substance or dependent upon it, and it affected our lives, or it still affects us. And so 11 years ago, when my husband died from a grade four glioblastoma brain cancer, the pain and anguish that my sons, my two teenage sons at the time were experiencing then, led them to turn to substances in addition to turning to each other and to me. And they saw alcohol, weed, hallucinogens as the answer to the grief and the deep pain they were experiencing on this harrowing journey after their stepdad had passed. And he had passed quickly. He was diagnosed a year and three months prior to his death. So oh, it wow. came about really suddenly. And, and for our listeners, Loretta, I have such deep compassion for anyone who's lost someone. Because sometimes we know in advance and we have that sort of grace to prepare ourselves. But that can be just as hard as when it happens to us suddenly. They're just different forms of trauma. So at any rate, both of my, my sons, <clears throat> even though we talked about it, pardon me, really openly, they were experiencing trauma with their grief because all of a sudden their worlds were completely rocked. They lost their, their beloved stepdad. And then it threw me into a state where I really was off kilter. And even though I'd been a clinician and I'd been a clinician at the time for about 20 years. So right now it's about 31 years. And I'd walked alongside my clients with, with guidance and tools and practices and teaching them somatic experiencing and all kinds of different kinds of therapies, EMDR, you know, I use a lot of different tools in my bag to help people, but, but I didn't have one resource to turn to, to deal with the grief and the sudden dependence upon these substances that my sons had within months after their stepdad died. So I really had to pull everything I knew and modify all my tools and practices, look at my graphics, you know, that I gave clients as handouts and I gave out in workshops and, and modify for them for myself and really look at what actually works with walking alongside someone who's dependent on a substance. Because within three years after my sons became dependent upon amphetamines, like Adderall, Vyvanse, and alcohol too, <clears throat> within three and a half, four years, they were addicted to methamphetamines. Yes. Which yeah. is just a horrible addiction. Yeah. And, and so I had to really come up with, well, what do I do? What do I do in the morning when I say, I can't do this? I realign, I come into my heart space, but I have specific tools and practices that work, that I've taught clients, and I see the, the results, and people can find the hope and joy, and I was able to do that even after and, and periodically re-experiencing despair. I came out of it by resetting with tools and practices for conscious bravery, and I can go into what those are. Yes, yeah, yeah, I do want you to do that. Um, how old were your sons when they started to get into this when your um, uh, husband passed away? Eleven years ago. So how old were they? About thirteen and sixteen. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah, challenging now, ages. Yeah, very challenging ages, and so then within a couple of years. Um, so I just want to say this. So this is still an ongoing issue, right? It is. I still wow. have to reset and keep learning and growing. I make mistakes in my communications with my sons because no, no one no one wants to become enabling or managerial, right? Wow. But it's a natural response to yeah. when we love someone who is floundering or even my sons have both had multiple relapses, which is a common for people with addict addiction. It's not the rare thing. It's the more common thing. In fact, it's part of how we learn to rewire and how they learn to change neuropathways. But at any rate, they've had all kinds of horrific 
instances when they've been hospitalized or knifed or beat up or um, jumped, you know, um, because they've been involved with people who are dealing drugs and it's a dangerous world. And so, yeah, they've, they've really had to learn how to face trauma and move through trauma with a lot of loving support and compassion and good boundaries. Yeah, <laughs> you, you said so much there, and I I can relate to it. Um, um, so I want to pull out a, a few pieces, and um, like I said, I have so so much to say because I know people listening are going, yeah, yeah. So there is this issue where let's say you've got this teenage son, and this teenage son is not functioning how you ever perceived they would. You know, as a mother, you have your own idea, like, oh, here's my baby boys, and we're going to have this type of a life, and and now it's derailed, right? And like you say, um, <laughs> wanting to manage it, <laughs> I mean, I know myself, it, it's really hard sometimes because you want to say, just buck up, you know, or something, which is not helpful. So if you don't mind being a, a little bit, I don't know if it's personal or just more detail oriented, because this is really the living level of life. So what do you do? Because we're talking about their what they need. And then what about your needs? What about your emotions? Right? It yeah. is really important to be aware of both. And so I came up with something I call the triad of connection years ago, but I've really written more about it recently. I'll, I'll go into that in a minute, but we have to truly know ourselves, be tapped into inner wisdom, but balance it out with a connection with authentic others who have wisdom, turn to groups, turn to therapists who really are in the know about addiction and systemic issues in the family. Because for example, I knew myself and I knew that I was making mistakes at the time. For example, I would say to my son, you really need help. In fact, our whole family needs help. Yes. This is a yeah. system problem. This is not just you being the identified patient who needs to go into treatment. Our family doesn't know how to handle this. Right. And so like I grew up I was an athlete, a competitive athlete my entire life and didn't use drugs. I didn't even know what some of the substances were that they were using. <laughs> so I yeah, had to read right. about them, research them, turn to good, good, good clinicians and alternative therapies along with the traditional ones. So a great a story that is personal, but I'm glad to share it. And there's a little bit of this in the book. I turned to some of my colleagues and some of my best friends. I listened to back then, Dr. Phil. Yeah. <laughs> who said yeah. that the best approach, the best treatment for adolescent boys is wilderness therapy, especially if they have multiple issues going on. Because, you know, my youngest, for example, had gotten um, in trouble at school and his therapist and our family had done family therapy. And we had agreed that he needed a supportive container outside of our family, if our family couldn't really truly work and make the changes needed. And that's a long, longer story that's not necessary. So, but after, a, after I don't know, eight months or so of really trying hard as a family, and that, and that meant their dad too, we were divorced, their dad and we did family therapy together, my son, my other son. But anyway, long story short, um, he ended up getting expelled from school and there was not a place he could go that we could find. So I turned to Dr. Phil who said, try wilderness therapy. So I researched it and open sky wilderness therapy is one of the best wilderness therapies I've ever heard of. It's in Colorado. And so we talked to the people, interviewed, they talked to, to my son and we decided he would go there. Well, he made that decision and was willing initially, but then had a lot of rebellion and resistance along the way. He went for three months. He did all kinds of amazing things. We wrote letters. He didn't have any screens available for three months. He was out in the middle of nowhere with a peer supported team of about 10 people, other peers around about his age. 
peer guides who were trained clinically 24-7. He learned to make his own shelter. He did rites of passage, really, for right. a teenage boy. And we did rites of passage as a family. We did family therapy once a week. He'd come to a place that was more where, where they could receive reception, and we'd do family calls. But at any rate, our family began to change, and we believed my my kid's dad was a triathlete like I had been. And we kind of just thought, well, we can do it. We can bring him home and we'll create yeah. our own aftercare program. It'll be this really new and inventive thing we'll do. And so we'll try it at home. Well, it didn't, it didn't work. And, and um, he got into a situation where it was so dangerous. He, he got himself and another girl at school so drunk, she had to be taken to the hospital. And that's mm -hmm. where I finally realized as I, sat alone that night and, he, and I didn't even know this he was still drinking he'd been kicked out of school but was still drinking that night I thought well you know this I thought it was done at school right and I was loving we had talked about that he would go to wilderness therapy again um, but at any rate I woke up the next morning and realized oh my gosh there is so much I don't know the craving for a substance when you're in such pain is even stronger and the dopamine hit is higher when one anticipates using a substance than it is even after using the substance. So I went down in his bedroom the next morning and the whole room smelled like alcohol. And I said, honey, we've got to go get a breathalyzer. And we, we went and he agreed. We went and got a breathalyzer and he had such high alcohol levels that he would have gotten a DUI had he been driving. And so I literally fell to the floor, Loretta. And, yeah. um, and, and literally just yeah. collapsed because I knew he, our agreement was that he would go back to wilderness again. And then he would go to a placement, a school that was more designed for those with mental health challenges and substance use issues. And he would be away from home. And then I wouldn't get to raise my son the way I wanted to for the next nine, nine to 12 months. And so that's what made me just fall apart. But um, we talked and... I said, we're not sending you away. We're sending you to something so our family can continue to change and so you can get support. But he was so mad. He was furious. He packed all his stuff. All the parents came over. He packed his stuff with us. He was ready to go. We were sitting on the, on the stairs talking. And then all of a sudden, he bolted. So both of my sons have ADD. He has ADHD, which is hyperactivity with attention deficit. And he bolted and he ran away. He ran away and we oh looked gosh. for him and long story short, my, my oldest son helped us to, to locate him via cell phone capacity, you know, the use of cell phone and to be able to locate where someone has called from. He had called me from a landline just to say he was okay. Anyway, the next morning was really, really rough. We had to, and I tell this in the store, in the book, yes. we had to actually hire a couple of people that were aligned with the treatment program to help get him into a vehicle. Um, and so talking to what you, you asked me about a little bit ago, how do we do these hard things? How do we know what's right? I knew that I didn't have the capacity to help him and I didn't want him hurting himself or someone else. Yeah, I knew I was going to gain that capacity as a clinician and as a mom who 100% wanted to change, but I wasn't there yet. And I didn't want him injuring himself. And him being a runaway, that was the final straw. I thought he'll he'll be dead on the street if I don't take severe, cautious action. So, you know, sometimes we have to do that. That's conscious bravery. It's a combination of patience and pausing and then looking at our options, resetting our system which is in that fight or flight so that we can relax enough to make a clear decision about what is needed. And it's usually the harder thing. Yeah. Yeah. That is a powerful story. And you do share it in your book. Um, we're going to take a little station break, um, but wow, don't go away everybody. My guest today, Pamela Brinker, her book, Conscious Bravery, Caring for Someone with Addiction. And um, Oh my goodness, uh, I have a whole lot more questions, right? So this is Loretta Brown. Uh, don't go away, we'll be right back with more about caring for someone with addiction. Energy is powerful. It's all around us, mysterious, full of potential. 
directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Alternative Talk 1150 is your sports organization's safe bet when it comes to airing your team's games. Our players are all seasoned professionals when it comes to sports programming. Imagine your games being heard on local radio. Your team deserves the MVP treatment. Call 425-653-1150 today to learn how affordable and fun it is to broadcast your games on the radio. Call 425-653-1150 and make your next season something special. That's 425-653-1150. Chris Domine is a husband, father, an athlete, even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris's kidneys were failing. The doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant, you are going to die. Chris received a second chance, made possible by an organ donor. Your well-being changes from loss of hope to better times ahead. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show. And my guest today, Pamela Brinker. We're talking about her book, Conscious Bravery, Caring for Someone with Addiction. I want to remind everyone, these shows are are downloadable. You can listen to them over and over again. They're on the archives of the 1150 AM KKNW, the original Loretta Brown Show. They're also on iTunes, Podcast One, Spotify, and they're really all over the place. So. Uh, during the break, I had said something to Pamela, and she gave me such a wealth of information. I want her to repeat it, unfortunately. So we are we were talking before the break about her personal story, and the for me, it's like such the living level of, and it's very human. It's it's the way we are wired. So I basically asked her, "What do we do when we have this?" problem you know this challenge this untenable thing and it it, in our children or our teenagers or someone we love is an addict and it disrupts our life it's a complete disruption so please pamela jump in there the disruption is the key and we want to commit to becoming more comfortable with disruption more comfortable with discomfort and overwhelm even, because all of us become either anxious or panicked. We live with um, basically gripping fear, or we live with some level of depression, or we become angry. So those are the things I see among my clients and my workshop participants. And so when we can commit to saying, I want to be brave through these emotions, and I want to be able to identify them, That's key. So two key pillars to conscious bravery are to befriend all of our emotions, even my shame, even my panic, to be able to say, oh, wow, here's the part of my story where I'm freaking out. I am so anxious. I'm going to use conscious breathing, which is another pillar of conscious bravery, not just three deep breaths, though, Loretta and listeners. It's to be able to be consciously awake and aware, even amidst the overwhelm. So conscious breathing is not just something we do when we're meditating or doing yoga, but it's, it's super helpful to practice then when we're in the calm moments or when our hands are on our hearts. But we want to be able to practice breathing consciously into our whole being during anything that's disruptive. So even if we're hearing bad news that's shocking, we breathe consciously into our heart, into our bodies, into our minds, into our whole being, our energy space, into our essence. So we breathe into all of who we are and out from that place for a few moments and pause. And this helps us, helps me, especially since we were telling my story, it helped me to reset my vagus nerve. And there's a lot of talk about the vagus nerve, but basically all it is, is it's helping us to reset so we can make more clear choices that are conscious. So those two are two huge components of how do we take on this disruption. We breathe consciously. We say, I'm going to become more comfortable with discomfort. And when it's actually happening, we say, all right, it's happening. I'm overwhelmed. I can handle this. I can do this. 
I'm going to reset because it happens to us all the time, right? This isn't just for those of us who walk alongside someone with addiction or mental health. It happens when we have a loved one who has Alzheimer's or a friend who got diagnosed with cancer or something globally that we read about or hear about on the news. You, you said that so well. And also um, you said something during the break I wanna point out in your book, Conscious Bravery, each chapter is basically a pillar of this, I'm gonna say practical, you know, living level, boots level of how to work your way through this. Because I think that it it's very normal and, and common for us to just wanna run away. No, no, I can't deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. I didn't sign up for this, Loretta. This is not what I want. This needs to get fixed. There's a problem, you know, blah, blah, blah. But also, um, to me, this is to the point. What do we do when we are faced with that which, which we don't want to be faced with? And like you said, to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Also, you share in the book, you know, these things where, okay, people are showing up in the middle of the night. You're getting these phone calls. Um, your your boys are homeless. Horrible things are happening, and you have and here you are, um, having been a uh, an athlete and um, your psychotherapist, and you've never done drugs. I mean, I, I get it. Like I've never done drugs either, and I'm like, okay. Now we have this other thing. Um. Resetting the vagus nerve. Okay. Your vagus nerve. <laughs> yes. So I love how you said, now there's this thing. Because one of the pillars that helps us to reset and to ground down is to have a commitment to and practice a concept I call, now there's this, which is really activated presence. It's re-presencing even when it's harrowing. And so when, for example, one of my sons called 911 on himself in the middle of the night because he was afraid of what he would do, he was on drugs, we didn't know it. I'll, you know, I never knew when my sons were on drugs, I was rather blind and that's a regret that I've ha yeah. helped myself yeah. forgive myself for because I've learned a lot more about drugs and what it looks like when someone is on particular drugs now. But at any rate, we got this we got this wake up in the middle of the night. Someone was banging on our door, my bedroom door. And it was the crisis response team who had come. That's the a police team that has mental health skills. And um, the firefighters came shortly thereafter, but they said, what's happening? And I said, I don't know. And ran downstairs and my son was crying. And he said, I was afraid I was going to kill our cat. Oh, wow. I had this knife out and I something in me made me call 911. So we were all just kind of shocked and trying not to cry. But anyway, we, we got through that by breathing consciously. And in the moment, I was graced with this capacity to say, wow, now there's this. I just woke up and I want to say, oh, this can't be happening. I don't want this life. I wanted to avoid, but I was able to be present and ground down and feel my yeah. feet on the floor because I have this practice I, I use all the time where I just say, okay, that, that, that other thing that happened the other day, that's in the past. Now there's this breathing into my heart, my strength, my tenderness, my compassion for myself, my compassion for my son. Yeah. And so, you know, now there's this as an approach that we use conjointly with everything else, all the other pillars in my book. Another, of, another one of them is to know who we truly are. And so in that moment, I didn't remember this, but the next morning I remembered, okay, I'm not my situation. I am my essence. I, I am this soulful, deepest part of me that I've been since before birth and I will be into death and the transition and beyond. And this is the stable me. This is the part of me that is connected to God and authentic others. And this is again, part of this triad of connection. I know who I truly am and I can do anything in this life. Even if I lose a limb or if I become paralyzed or I have a brain uh, injury, that will be what is. And I will still know on some level, I am my essence. 
And then I, I connect with authentic others, which is another part of the book. We want to be able to train ourselves to ask for help instead of waiting till the crisis response team comes. <laughs> I yeah. want to be able to say, I want to prevent crises before they're happening. I want to be more wide awake in this life. See what's really happening. If I can, sometimes we can't, but I got better at seeing things before they happened and at least preventing things for myself so that I didn't lose it and say something I would regret. I didn't lash out in anger as much. I was able to notice when my voice was being raised and say, okay, there's the part of my story where I'm raising my voice because I think that I'll be heard better if I'm angry. But I was able to breathe and use my whole being awareness to, to say, okay, I'm going to befriend this experience. I'm going to be here now and see what's needed. Does my son need boundaries? Does my, my, um, does my son need kindness? Do I need tenderness? Or do I need to kind of, like you said, buck up and be more assertive with myself and say, I can do this. I didn't want this. I didn't ask for it. But here it is. I got to do something. <laughs> so this um yeah i really like what you're saying um this idea that you take care of you and by the way i've had this experience myself where i'm i i'm getting angry i'm getting frustrated and then i sh i shift something i i often actually put my hand on my chest i mean like i'm holding my heart all the time like get into your heart loretta just get down in there and take a couple of deep breaths and then ground and I actually have had this experience where it, I shift and my compassion comes forward as well as a boundary, which is an odd thing to say, like it, it's a healthy, like you have to have a boundary. It's right? brilliant. It's a great example and it's brilliant. And one of my chapters is called whole being awareness beyond mindfulness. So I love that you put your hand on your heart. I do that too. I put yeah. my hand on my hands on my body yeah. to give myself yeah, yeah. a hug. So yeah. I get into my heart, my body. Sometimes I'll put my hand yeah. on my head because I Sometimes want to know I, what's happening yeah. in my mind. <laughs> or I put my fingers on my intuition, my, um, my third eye. And I say, what's going on in all these zones of my experience? Or I might mm. even make a big bubble and say, okay, energetically what's happening. Or I don't have to do those things with my arms, but I tune in and I ask what's going on in each of these zones of my experience, heart, body, mind, intuition, energetic space, and what's happening in my essence. And then what we can all do, and this is for our listeners and for you, yeah. Yes, dear friend, we can ground down and reach up to what's greater. And so that's the third part of my triangle of connection. We cannot resource from, I learned this the hard way. I tried to resource from within and from others that I turned to professionally for help, but it was never enough. Or I would turn to God, the universe, the Tao, but that that's not enough because I had to be here in the 3D and yep. actually take steps forward. And so I've learned to simultaneously try to come into an awareness of I'm right here in this third dimension and ground down. Yeah. And I reach one hand down to the earth and I get barefooted if I can. And I stand and I ground my feet or if I'm sitting, I ground my feet down. And I feel the support of the earth all the way beneath me. I love that you're doing that with me, Loretta. Yeah, I, I want to do it. I can feel it. Yeah. Our listeners can do it too. If you can't see us, we're reaching one arm straight down to the ground and the other arm is reaching straight up to the sky. And I call this earth and sky. It's, it's basically a yogic tadasana I came up with, but it's a yogic pose that you can do very simply. You're reaching one hand up to what's greater, connecting with the quantum or with God and realizing there's more than this moment. There's more to this life than this situation. And then we move hands through our mind and heart space and opposite hand reaches straight up to the sky arms straight, fingers reaching into the sky, and the opposite arm reaching down to the earth. And we're both grounding and we're finding hope simultaneously. Yeah, and that's it's great. A very simple practice. And we end with our hands yeah. in heart space. You can do this. Yeah. I've done this walking down the hallway. Yeah. I've done it in the bathroom. I've done it in a restaurant. I've done it in the parking lot. <laughs> it's called Earth and Sky, but it helps us to, yeah. to ground and to energetically uplift simultaneously um i love that uh, why you're doing that i don't know if it has any correlation with this i'm thinking about 
uh, cross crawls, a brain gym, the balancing of that, you know, which I often do if I'm just off, like I'll just, you know, you're so smart. Yes, it is. A, it is a form of brain gym. And I teach brain okay. gym as well, you know, and I'll be standing in case listeners can't, but, but you're actually crossing through the midline when you yeah. Earth and sky. Yeah. and anything that helps us cross through the midline helps us to access all the parts of our brain we need to. So we do cross call, touching elbows to opposite knee, yes, that... back behind us, touching hands to our feet. And cross crawl can be done in um, <laughs> I bird love, dog I love, for yoga. I, this is I totally one of my love... clients said this is like bird dog, only standing in this yeah. earth and sky. <laughs> I'm so glad that you got up and did that. Um, in between <laughs> clients, I'm always doing that. Like. <laughs> lovely right you know it's like oh, okay I can't go play the piano right now so I'll do this right you know right well it so. works I teach things that work yeah because I've had to practice them myself and I've watched my clients and I've asked them did this help you and if it didn't then we modify it and so you make this unique to yourself I hope that everyone listening doesn't just believe me because Loretta and I do these things make them your own yeah. I started doing cross crawl and came up with earth and sky because I noticed I felt better after I did bird dog at, in a yoga practice or after I did another form of this that my friend taught me, which is right arm, one arm forward, one arm back. So this is just a, a right left exercise. It's kind of, kind yeah. of easy, but once you get it, one yeah, arm yeah, forward, I get one it. back and you make circular motions and then you switch opposite arm forward, opposite arm back. Got it. And that's not a form of yeah. cross crawl, but it, it's similar in that it's a right left exercise that actually helps us to care for ourselves. And I want to come back to that because I believe self-care is a necessary luxury. We want to care for our loved ones and help them find treatment programs, therapy, everything, help them pay their bills, whatever is necessary. But we can't do that unless we're resourced and we have done our own self-care practices. And so I'm a big advocate for that, as is my dear friend, Erica Spiegelman, who wrote Rewired, and she's come up with a new book that talks about self-care. Yeah. So. Um, I love this idea of cultivating conscious bravery, because this is conscious bravery, which to me it indicates all kinds of things. Number one, you're, you're, you've, you're consciously doing it. You're, you're, you know, you're not waiting for that moment where someone's banging on your door and your your hair's on fire and you're freaking out, right? You're 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 incorporating this. Beautiful. I'm so yeah. glad you're bringing that up because consciousness is key for all of us. It's not this esoteric awakening. Enlightenment happens this moment when we're aware, when we're aware of what's happening. And so, I've tried to become conscious all the time. I mean, it's really a challenge, of course, because I'm just a human, <laughs> but I try to know what's happening and pay attention to you as I'm listening to you. And I'm aware of our listeners in this spaciousness, this yeah. energetic, amazing space. But I also want to be aware of um, whatever else hasn't arrived yet and be receptive and open. So consciousness involves a lot of things of being right here in this moment and now because we've been in this moment awake and aware this next moment we're more awake and aware and now in this moment i'm more conscious and i, I struggle with that but i began to live my life a little bit more that way <laughs> still yeah still falling as i making mistakes as i go but i'm trying to be more conscious and when i am it certainly is a better solution to my situation well i actually think it's a way of being Yes. You know, like you say, um, we're talking about addictions and, and how to take care of yourself within the scope of that so that you could show up in a different way and be, in my opinion, more present. What is what you know, what is happening right now? So, the, oh, so this is here. Right. And um, but that also will bleed over into your whole life. I, I don't see how it couldn't. It yeah. does. And here's another practical example for our listeners in terms of our everyday life. So yesterday, my older son, who's in recovery, and we're trying something new. Uh, he's living with us for support. And because he can't drive, he's had some DUIs. And um, so he can't drive right now. So I drive him around. But I noticed we were on a hike and, and he was irritated. And I was feeling energetically kind of off. And so I asked him about it. And he basically said, Mom, you know, now that you drive me around, 
to all my appointments and stuff, you often remind me of what we're doing before it's happening. And, and it's, it's, I'm noticing I can't think for myself as well as I want to. And uh-huh. I, go, I go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm just a really structured person, you know, having booked clients for years and years and workshops here and there. But I said, that's obviously not something that's helpful to you. I will stop. And so I'll let him, you know, just put in reminders in his phone as he was, but I'll just let him say, hey, let's leave at 20 till 10 or whatever to get to my appointment instead of me going, it's, it's, it's whatever, time to go. 930, yeah. let's go in 10 minutes. I didn't yeah. need to say that. That's managing. And I didn't even notice that it was because I wasn't consciously aware until in that moment on our hike, then I was aware of how I felt. Something was off. He was irritated. What's happening? So, you know, we can have better communication, authentic commu- communication when we're living from a way of being of consciousness like you're talking yeah. about. You you mentioned whole being awareness and in your book, and you all already mentioned this in the show, but I, I think it's a great um because we're coming up near the end of our show you do have in your book these questions you know that will help you do exactly what you're saying to really check in right absolutely yeah Yeah, we can do a whole being scan in about a minute and we can check in what's happening in my heart am i noticing a feeling or two maybe i'm anxious and happy at the same time What's happening in my mind? Is it racing, but also I have a pinpointed answer to one thing I need to do? What's going on in my body? Am I agitated? You know, we can have seemingly opposing things true at the same time. I can be agitated while I'm also feeling enthusiastic. What's happening in my intuition? Is it telling me don't do this or do this other thing? Not that we always want to listen to our intuition either. We want to piece together all of these bits of information from all of our zones of experience. So then we ask what's going on in the energy around me? What am I noticing? And what's happening in my essence? And those are the six zones of experience. And my book can actually help you with what questions do you ask yourself like that regarding what's happening and and in other regards with some of the other pillars of bravery. Yeah, I think it's really, really great. I can actually sense that some people listening are, are uh, how do I say this? We go through stages where pe- there are some people who are still in the resistance. No, I don't want this here. You're talking la la land to me, right? Because I'm still like, you know, whatever. And I just advise everybody, just get, get conscious bravery. I, and I think you can tell just by listening to Pamela, she knows what she's talking about. She's been through the trenches. She's still in the trenches. I'm not sure you ever get out of them. But this is a real practical thing. You say fear is an advisor rather than an enemy, right? Yeah. And so in the last minute, talk to that. And then what? where can people find you and what's your last words? You very aptly said that many of us have resistance. Fear can look a hundred different ways on a hundred different days. It can also look like resistance. And so if we can compassionately know, hey, there's a part of me that doesn't even want to believe that my loved one has a substance use issue or an addiction, get my book, read it, be open, because there were many times I bought other books and just put them aside and said, oh, that's not my son's, that's not our family. (laughs) But then several months after that, I was ready to read it or, or I didn't need to read it maybe. But anyway, you can get my book on Amazon. It's been greatly discounted. It was a bestseller in May and June, thankfully, but they I believe they overstocked. So it's only it's under $3 right now. <laughs> I know. It went from $17.95 to like $2.98 or something. So you can get it as a paperback or an ebook. I also narrated it on Audible, which you can get. And um, that's on Amazon.com. You can find me at PamelaBrinker.com. And I have a workshop coming up on January 7th. That's a Zoom workshop. I would love people to attend. And you can find me on my YouTube channel at Pamela Brinker on YouTube as well. I have some two-minute shorts and some other things that are helpful. Thank you so much, Pamela. A lot of love to you and to all the listeners. Have a wonderful week.